up on us holy ghost comes up on us due to the baptism receiving god christ and holy spirit and holy ghost comes up on us with a dance with a shout with a praise Holy Ghost is so powerful in a sense of needing. But the power is not in Holy Ghost. And yet it feels so powerful. Encountering Holy Ghost only takes one time. One time. When we dance without thinking about how we look, 
when we give a shout without caring how we look or even sound, that's Holy Ghost. Holy Spirit comes within us. We receive the baptism. Due to Holy Ghost. Receiving Christ as our Lord and personal Savior. Holy Spirit enter within us. Holy Ghost comes up on us. Holy Spirit lives within us. Holy Ghost comes up on us. You ever walked in the room and you feel the room? Okay. Then all of a sudden... It becomes very enlightened in the room. And you just feel like dancing or running or rolling around. That's Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost comes to let go of the old man. Being dead to sin. Being dead to the flesh. That's Holy Ghost being present. Holy Spirit comes within us to release the gifts of the Spirit. To discern. To heal. To prophesy. Giving us words of wisdom and knowledge. Working of miracles. Speaking in tongues and tongues interpretation. In any way, shape, or for Holy Spirit leads us and guide us in God's divine truth encountering such is so powerful but that's where the power resides in Holy Spirit the virtues of God comes upon us because of Holy Spirit Without Holy Spirit, we don't have any power. Hallelujah. Many walking around today with just Holy Ghost. And have not yet received Holy Spirit. Because you know why? The old man has to die. The purpose of being dipped in the water is you go down one way. And you come up another. That's it. That's all. Nothing fancy or, you know, straight to the point. You go down one way and come up another. Go down old, come up new. Go down bound, come up free. That's Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost is present when the old man comes to die. In order to receive Holy Spirit, we have to die to flesh. A lot of things we've been taught, and guess what? A lot of things still being taught. The Holy Spirit is so much more evident like never before. Also Holy Ghost, but they are not the same thing. Mm-mm. That's why people can dance and shout 
and give God praise with Holy Ghost, but still can't work out any miracles. No tongues interpretation. No wisdom and knowledge. No discernment. No prophecies because of no power. Power is in Holy Spirit, not Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. God had me get on here at one something this morning, about 1.15. And I recorded about four or five times. And I said, God, in my heavenly language, God, I want to say it better than this. I record again. I want to say it better than that. I record another time. I want to say it better than that. I want to record another time. I want to say it better than that. Because I care about you more than I care about me. And because of that purpose in my heart, God grants me the favor. Because you know that I care about you more than I do myself. That's not a selfish act. That's an honoring act. If you want to interpret the tongues, the tongues that you speak, this is how you can. Childlike understanding. The same way we feel in our heart about something, and it's on our mind, what do we do? We express it with our mouth and we talk about it verbally, right? Because it's, it's in us and we let it out of our mouths. Same thing happened in the spiritual realm. God can fill us up in our spirit so heavy with such a passion to bring forth great change and to become change for the greater, for the better. And it's in your heart so hungry and thirsty for it. It's, it's on your mind. And then where? Where else do it go? Out of your mouth. And there goes your heavy language. You don't have to know specifically about a person, a place, nor a thing. It's whatever God fill you up with. Something specifically. Whatever title or subject. We know it's regarding all of humanity. So when you have a heart to go to God regarding all and not some, you'll be able to interpret it what you're saying. We call it unknown tongues. Tongues unknown. But where does that put tongues interpretation if I'm not supposed to know? Unknown tongues is not for us to unknow or not know, to be unknown, or comprehended, that's for the evil principalities. Demonic realms. Satan don't have a clue when you look up and talk to heaven. Have no idea. No idea. But once we be able to interpret it, it's already in effect. 
It is nothing he can do about it. You know why? Because we spoke it into existence before it exists naturally in the earthly realm. That's why it's so beneficial to speak in our heavenly language. Because he don't know what you're saying. And then when you begin to interpret it. It's too late for him to even try to make a move that he's going to always fail at. Food for thought. In the old covenant. In those generations. Christ was in the kingdom. Correct? He did not come here yet in the flesh. Correct? Correct. In the word it says, out of our body we enter into his presence. And every knee shall bow and confess that he is what? Lord. So those in the old covenant, in the old generation, when they exit their body, when they gave up their ghosts, Abraham, Ezekiel, all the great people we read about, when they gave up their ghosts, their time was up here. They entered into Christ's presence. Okay, so I'm going to skip down because after Malachi, it took God 400 years before he spoke again to even write a New Testament, to even write into existence a new covenant, which already existed before time even began, even before the foundation. But between Malachi and Matthew, there was 400 years in between. And now we're in a new covenant. Now we're in a new testament. Christ is mentioned. He's here in the flesh. Okay. So for those who exit their bodies while he was here in the flesh, what happened when they gave up their ghost? If Christ came here to give his life in the flesh for us, came to the earth to bear every form of iniquity. Who knew no sin for us? And those who went home during the time of him being here, who presence did they enter when they exited out their body if he was here? So what does that say? Christ was here in the flesh and still spiritually sitting on the throne? Or does that say he was not even in his seat? He was just here present. So what does that say? So if we don't enter into his presence, if he's here, then we skip that and go straight to God? Of course not. The same way when God say we are also seated in heavenly places. Aren't we also still here in the flesh? And we still seated at the right hand of God. So isn't that amazing to know that Christ is sitting there and was sitting there all that time while in the flesh here? My God. <laughs> so that's how God wants to see ourselves seated in heavenly places. You omnipresent, just like our Father, just like our Savior, just like Holy Spirit, everywhere at the same time. Holy Ghost, everywhere at the same time. However you created to release your giftings, you have to release them. 
And when God fill you up with words that never been thought of before, you have to really, you know, take your time to deliver it. Because there's always going to be a researcher trying to research what they just heard. But if they feel in their spirit confirmation due to it being affirmed in the spirit, they no longer have to. <laughs> they just simply agree. Wow, I didn't think of it like that. And what do we call it? A fresh revelation. Hallelujah. However you create it, you do that. Do that. Be that. Be that. Hallelujah. We come together today because guess why? Whenever a season change, seasons change, <laughs> which means there's a shift in the atmosphere. Shift doesn't always mean things around us changing. It can also be things in you or even regarding you in your position or in my position that needs to shift also. Some of us stand still while shift taking place. We're supposed to be moving with the shift. So regarding jobs, organizations, congregations, ministry, period. Know that you are in ministry, period. There's no such thing as no part-time ministry. Because there's no such thing as no part-time lover. You are married to God. You are married to Christ. You are married to Holy Spirit. And Holy Ghost is all up on you. Holy Spirit is all up in you. <laughs> one up on, one within. There is no excuse to fail. There is no excuse to doubt. There is no excuse to complain. Many of us are gathering up on the job, in the home, in ministry. Trying to make things better, make positive changes. Let me tell you something right here. It's not going to get done until we address the problem. It will be just like putting paper in a straw and expecting to get the liquid to come up out. It can't flow with a blockage. And during this time of connectivity, we got to find out who are the blockages and where they are. We have to make a valid decision, a purposeful decision. Is it friendship blood, colleague blood, biological blood, or is it the blood of Christ? And that alone. That's why we have to know how to walk on our own. 
Because if you walk being held up by people all the time, they're going to make decisions for you. And a lot of times we just have people making decisions for us effectively, but when their season's up, it's not going to flow prosperously anymore because their time is up. And many of us would know if a person's time is up, but we don't want to say anything. Why? Because people could get in their feelings, but it's not feeling-based. It's purpose-based. So, during this time, we pray to God to give us ways to explain to people what it means when your time is up. It doesn't mean that you're, you're in time out. It is mean your time up. Explain more. You are being promoted if your time's up. You're not being demoted. So stop being comfortable where you are if you're claiming to excel. And it goes for everybody here now. Right now. Everybody. We got to make godly decisions. Well, I've been here all this time. I'm not going anywhere. And guess what? You're not if you're going to continue to stay comfortable where you are. When God is taking us higher. It can frustrate grace if we don't give rid of the problem. It can frustrate grace. Because that's the only way the solution can be provided if we get rid of the problem. We can't cover the problem up. We can't ignore it. It's right there. We can't have people say they know it all. It's going to be my way or no way. No one should feel like a person is not to be, you know, address a situation, not approachable on a job, at home, organization, or ministry. Period. Who are we to say if a person leave, that's on them. No, it's on you. It's on me. If I see them walk away and do nothing to keep them from going. Especially if we know they're supposed to be there. Hallelujah. When Christ said to his disciples, after dismissing the multitudes of people due to them not receiving what he had to say, he asked them, do you wish to go with them? And he didn't ask that with an attitude because he knew no sin. He asked that as humble as possible. Do you want to go with them? Do you wish to go with them? Or are you going to prefer to stay with me? In other words, and they said, we don't know no other way. We haven't seen such things and works that come from you. We stand right here. And when he flipped the table up, when he said, you're not going to make my father's house out to be a mockery. He wasn't angry. Because God is slow to anger. God is rich in mercy. He just wasn't having no foolishness. 
he used his authority to tear down any evil principality. So this is what it's going to look like when we have a blueprint of our foundation and it's based upon our Father, our Lord, and Holy Spirit, the purpose. And then when people come around and, and play their part, do their part, and if there's someone in the connection that's causing a disconnection, one leaven leaven for a whole lot. If you have a speck in your eye, your whole body is bad. If you have light in your eyes, your whole body is good. Say of God. It's going to keep crumbling down till we address that problem. And many of us trusting people that are dear to us to get rid of the problem, not even aware. Sometimes they are the problem. And it doesn't mean in a negative way. It just means your time's up. Your time's up. Because there are people God have waiting, waiting to release. But it has to be in order. Because if people don't feel the discernment, to make a proposal to bring something to pass, because they already see the end of a thing and it won't be accepted. They're not going to say anything. Just like Christ couldn't even minister in his own hometown. The rejection was so surreal to the point he couldn't even preach to his own people. You ever been around somebody or a place or a thing and you can feel that you didn't want to be there or even around that you had to leave? But you still, you know, you're keeping a distance. You ain't going to just walk away. You're just going to, you know, not be up on. You're not going to leave behind, so to speak. But you're not going to go up close. Until that change be made that you feel comfortable to come close. If I had a microphone and I go around and ask people, have you ever been to church before? Yes. Do you still go to church now? What church do you attend? I would get all kinds of answers. A majority of them would be, I don't have a home church. And I don't even want one. I had enough. We can't dismiss people because we feel like they're being childlike. Christ didn't say anything added other than feed my sheep. Nurture. Supply what I'm supplying you. Lift up, uphold. Build up one's confidence. People coming from all kinds of situations, receiving all types of healing due to different deliverances. Some people need more attention than others. 
When I ain't got time to be uh, holding nobody on my shoulder and all of this and all of that. Take my sheep. If we're saying something negative about something we don't like seeing regarding someone who's really trying, even if they seem not to be good at it, go to God and say, release your anointing upon their life because their heart is in it. Not dismiss it because you feel as though it's not appropriate or it's not attracting or appealing. Do God send it to our worship and praise? Do God send it to us when we wake up in the morning? Go wash your face. You don't look right. Go brush your teeth. Your breath stinks. Don't sing that song to me. You can't sing. Don't do that dance. You have no rhythm. Don't paint that picture. Look like sticks. Don't do that spoken word. You don't have no good theology. Don't model. You don't have no good posture. Don't marry. You don't have no money. Don't get that business. You don't have no education. Don't have no kids because you don't need to have any. You act like a kid. If you don't do it to us and we're Christ-like and that's not what Christ do, then where is it coming from for us to act in that behavior? If it's not them. So who influence are we under? I went to a home going service over eight years ago. And a lady best friend was singing a song. And to my quote unquote, no knowledge thought it was. I thought she sounded terrible. And I was laughing indiscreetly with my hands over my face and by my body shaking when I laughed. Sometimes they thought I was crying and they was offering me tissue and I pretended I was so they wouldn't know I was laughing. And God convicted me so much. Why are you laughing? Learn my character. Learn my Sense of humor. When I laugh, that's when you laugh. Am I laughing? No. Why are you? Who are we to say anyone or anything we hear from anyone is not appealing? Guess what? Pray and release God's anointing upon everyone who's where their passion is. Hallelujah. Because I'm going to tell you like this. There are some great dancers who have the most nastiest attitude. And there are some who quote unquote seem not to have no rhythm. Who's so excited to do that dance. When you come alongside with God, you feel like he feel concerning everything. So what are we talking about? 
What are we going to do about it? Replace the old and put new? That's never going to prosper. If it was, it would have been prospering already because that seems to happen year by year on the job, in ministry, organizations. Put a person there and take a person out without seeking God's advice. And a person feel dismissed, unappreciated, and what do they do? Feel dismissed and kindly dismiss themselves and walk away. And what do we say? Bye-bye. That's on you. You can leave if you want to. It don't matter who leaves. It don't matter who stays. I'm going to be here. It does matter who leaves. It does matter who stays. If they could be planted where you are. Did Christ ever say that? Did he ever tell anybody to leave? Or did he ask disciples, do you wish to leave? So we have to get rid of the problem. Because that's a blockage. It's stopping the flow. There are so many great ideas I can feel floating in the atmosphere. It's like a realm of ideas. To cause things to prosper. But people are being stopped. To release their ideas. Because somehow some people just don't want to hear. And every person who can make a valid decision overall. Don't know everything all the time. Because you can't see everything at all the time. At all times. That's why you have people under. We have people under us. To help us out. But we got to make a valid decision. And keep checking up on those things. What's going on with this? What's going on with that department? What's going on with that job promotion? What's going on with that? What's going on with that? What's going on with in the house? What's going on with what's going on the job? What's going on in this ministry? This organization? What's going on? I need to know what's going on every department. What's going on? This is a vision that God has given me. This is a vision that God has given you. So what's going on? Because many of us are already considering this year to be finished. Ready to start a brand new year. To get a chance to have what they didn't have this year. And this year not even over yet. You understand? It happens every year that way. We start out so, ooh, this it, this it, this it, this it, this it. Middle of the year, it's it, it's it. Towards the end of the year, maybe next year. You understand? Every year is that way. You know why? Because we're not addressing the problem. If we build up one's confidence, it's no stopping the person. There's no stopping the person once their confidence is built. We got to realize people come from all, all parts of the world, from all kinds of situations that they've been healed from. Some don't know what it's like to feel love. And some only know what it's like to feel love coming from God. And not been around people to feel God through people. 
And that's why many would say, well, I don't want to be around. Y'all go ahead. I'm going to still be where I. You understand. Some people like to talk. Need somebody to listen. We got to know that we are creators of God's presence. So who he is to us, that's how we be the people. Available. Cheerfully available. God told me, Quenisha, I want you to look at this, this article. Okay, look at the replies. Okay, and the comments. Okay. This person received something great and over 300 people congratulated that person. Okay. But the person only said thank you to a select a few. God wanted me to see that. Okay. Well, maybe God that, you know, it was too many people for them to thank everyone. God said, scroll down, scroll down. Got to like 200 and something. They started replying again. So it wasn't as if they didn't see the rest. It's because they chose who they wanted to value. Now, how do people feel if they don't feel valued by another? Oh, I'm just not important to be with you. Okay, I'll get it. You understand? When everybody said the same thing, congratulations. So why couldn't everybody get a the same thank you. <laughs> I don't know you, so I'm not going to reply. You're not worth me reply back. I, I, you, I mean, you're not even important to me. And that's exactly what we're saying. That's the sound we're setting off. But if we have Holy Spirit, <laughs> we'll be Christ-like. So get rid of the problem in order for the solution to come right behind. Don't try to cover it up. Some people got to sit down and some need to stand up. And the reason why some people are not saying anything, because they honor people. Because we can honor people. I've been on jobs and I didn't say anything because I honored. Well, you know it's your time for something. You know but you can't be out of order and make it your time regarding someone. You have to be patient and wait for your name to be called. Just like sit on the bench at a game. You can't just jump in the game. You got to be called by the coach. Who plans to go to a game and pull in a jersey to sit on the bench? And who's so quick to call on the game and call all the shots? And making all the wrong calls. Purpose is not friendship based. Not family based. Colleague based. It's not even kingdom mentality at all. People have great ideas. That don't even want to release them. Because they're afraid it's not good enough. Because they don't feel important enough to release it. Simple as that. Ask them once, once they come out. Because I'm praying and releasing them too. 
Release them boldness for people to come out. With their ideas. And trust me, when God is moving, who going to stop him? Regarding any of us, no one. So who are we to try to stop God's shift to take place? Regarding a foundation. Where are the people at that help us to get to where we are? Let's go back and get those people. I can't even sleep at night knowing they walked away. That's how we should feel. Not, it's up to you if you leave or not. I'm going to stay right here. Yeah. But you're going to stand right there with that blood on your hands. Because you had an opportunity to stop it. And you chose not to because you were in your feelings. Or I was in my feelings. But we demonstrate the courage of God. I'm going to tell you something. When it comes to God's courage, you either are like God or you're not. There's no I have love and joy and no patience and self-control. You like one, you like them all. Same go for me. Seriously. It's, it's shown. It's really shown. If you pick and choose who you going to value. It's clearly shown if you want people to fight over you, be jealous over you in ministry or jobs. So you can feel important. Being around certain people all the time. Do you know what God said to me? Any group. God said any group. That be together and don't let others in is a cult. Because it's supposed to expand. Kingdom expansion. Now it's okay to have friends that you talk to every day. But guess what? You and those friends engage with others every day. It's not that you only entitled to those people. That's a cult. That's a cult. That's a cult. A religious cult. You can't be with us. You can't hang with us. So what does it do to people? Make them find out what? Good enough to be? Or belong? Why is it a closure when it's supposed to be an opening? We got to really lower ourselves for God's purpose. Concerning humanity. Get out the way and I get out my own way. Any negative thought, guess what? It's not godly. Any negative deed, it's not godly. Anytime we even talk to people without respect and ordering people around, not godly. Because Christ washed the disciples' feet. They didn't have to wash his. You understand? He served. He even asked the disciples, what do you prefer? To be served or to serve. They couldn't answer it because he answered for them. <laughs> Sometimes Christ, due to my observation, read the word, 
God in Christ would give you an answer just to keep you from saying the wrong thing. Let me just answer for you. Rejoice again, I say. <laughs> just in case you don't want to, rejoice. You understand? The power of life and death is in the tongue. You can speak blessing or curses, life or death, but choose life. <laughs> Giving you an answer right behind the question. Right behind the statement to make a decision. You understand? And he answered for them. You will want to be served. <laughs> you will want me to serve you <laughs> because you're at my table. How does that look? You sitting at my table and you're serving me. It's my table. Let me serve you. You understand? And it goes for my home. You in my home. Let me serve you. You in on my job. You in my organization. You work for me. You, you know, you under me. Even in ministry and congregation. Let me serve you. Can I get you something to drink? Let me take you out. Let's take one big family picture. Everybody's important. There's somebody right now due to some type of ministry at home crying. God is putting it in my heart because they try all they can to be noticed and they're not being noticed. And we look at it like you, all you trying to do is be seen and heard. It's not even that. Some people just want to feel important. That's all. Some people just want to feel important. And guess what? Once we be used to build up their confidence, they will already know they are important. Some don't know their importance. Some don't know their worth. Some just know they want a better life. And they can get it only from God and make Jesus the Lord of their life and Holy Spirit as their comforter. But what's after that? I wish I would have heard somebody talk about what happens when a woman finds out who her husband is. I would love to hear that. I, what? Because I didn't know what to do. And I think God, I'm doing pretty good <laughs> now. <laughs> I didn't know what to do or what to say as a woman who feel with virtue but feeling these ways. Thinking that I'm thinking sinful. I'm being, you know, a Jezebel because I'm feeling this way. Whole time is my body. I got to command it. We need some of these things to be out. Come on with the giftings. Come on with the baptisms. Come and baptize some people. Put them in the water. Die to the self and come up alive unto Christ. It's not always communion. Where's a baptism? Before the communion, there's a baptism. <laughs> Before the communion, there's a baptism. You can't receive Holy Spirit without Holy Ghost. And you don't want to just have Holy Ghost without Holy Spirit. There's no power. Walk around with Holy Ghost and be the first one to want to lay hands on somebody and wonder why it's not happening. 
You don't have Holy Spirit. You don't have no power. Power is in Holy Spirit. Baptism. The beauty of baptism is present with Holy Ghost. Every time you dance, shout. Is glory present with Holy Ghost? Of course. But it's fire in Holy Spirit. You understand? The fire, and I mean the all-consuming fire, is in Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. So we're going to have to make some calls, right? Call some people back, right? Well, I don't know how long it's been. Oh, you can find them. And sometimes it only takes a simple apology. Go to God and pray to show every problem that's within your ministry, in your home, on your job, organization. Reveal every problem. That's what that's why Solomon was the wealthiest, wisest man during his time, period. During his time, period. Was no other man wiser or wealthier than Solomon. You know why? Because he asked God, the only thing he asked God of, I want to be able to discern good from evil. He was asking God for wisdom. He said, I don't want no cattle. I don't want none of that that kings normally get. I just want to be wise, to make a positive decision. And Satan will try to use that very thing that you ask God for to be against you. Because he caused them to make the most foolish decision to have a thousand women, wives and concubines, one man for a thousand women. And that's why he wrote Proverbs pretty much stating his testimony. These women are sneaky. They would be standing there on the corner, husbands or without a husband. Some of them, it don't matter. He was describing promiscuous women. And also subscribe, I mean, yeah, describing, not subscribing, but describing virtuous women. Hallelujah. So we got to lay our life down and keep it there in the sense of the old man and pick up the new life. That was the baptism. That's the purpose of us getting baptized. Go down one way, come up another. Hallelujah. It's amazing how God would give me a word that, you know, we never looked at it like that before, ever. And then somebody had come back and released a word about the thing in a way that God is trying to correct. <laughs> it's okay. Just got to, you know, keep praying for it. And know that you are the difference. Make that difference. You are the difference. That, that brings forth the difference. Being different. And the devil try to tell us not to be different. 
Because for a very long time, okay, Father, I hear you. Yeah. I didn't like my difference. Now ask me now. <laughs> Hallelujah. God want me to say this before I get off of here. Many of us confuse our salvation with our rededication. When people ask, how long have you been saved? Many of us go off the date we've been rededicated. That's not the question God is saying to say to you. When was the first time that you communicated with God knowing that he is? Knowing that he sent his son and you believe it. Childlike understanding. And knowing about Holy Spirit. Communing with them. Believing. How old were you when you were believing? And demonstrating your believing. That is your day. And I'm going to tell you. Majority of us. is actually... <laughs> Our whole lives. <laughs> Even hearing about them inside the womb. Because God asked me, Quenisha, when were you saved? I was like, uh, 23. I thought about when I joined my church home because that's when I became committed. That's not what God asked me. When did you come committed? When did you become saved? I was like, like 23, 23. He said, when was the first time that you was communicating and talking with me, inviting me in your life, in my word in your life? As long as I can remember my whole life. Exactly. Now, if I ask you when the last time you rededicated, it's always the day present. Because you should rededicate your life every day. Renewing your mind is rededication. <laughs> Hallelujah. Stirring yourself up is rededication. Anytime you become better and make a decision to become better, you're rededicating yourself back over to that you dedicated to. Hallelujah. Those who know me say, you have a magnificent memory, Quenisha. I am stunned on how you remember things. So far, long ago, like it was yesterday. And you refresh our memory talking about it. And sometimes they be wishing I don't remember certain things. I don't bring those things up because I, I don't want them to know that I do remember, you know, those things. It's everything not to be actually remembered, but, you know. But I thank God, that's our answer. Whether you were a child, you grew up in church, you always heard his name, you invited him. When did you, you could be in church and don't invite him, trust me. And you could be at home and invite him. There are some people who didn't hear about him until they got to a certain age. That is your day. When you invite him in your life, that's your day. But when is it that you invite him in or was he always there? That's all you ever known. Growing up, you know, in that life, then that's your answer. You understand? You don't ever have to answer to 
prove a point or make someone to feel like you are gaining their approval because you already been approved by God. If someone asks a question, many of us try to come up with all these fancy answers that we speaking so much far out of the, you know, the text that we forgot what the question was even about. Trying to impress. Just answer simply. What is it to be single to you? That's a simple answer. Do you think it's wrong to go on a dating site? Do you think it's wrong to go on a dating site? And many of all these kind of fancy things, just answer yes or no. And he asked it personally to you. Do you not do overall? Do you think the reason why I would say yes is something wrong? Because you're being anxious. You're out there looking. Not even aware you're being looked at. Moving. When God say be still. It's like saying, God, you taking too long. I'm going to just go out here and test the waters and be take and be risky and take risks. But at least you just keep going a person to person. And who going to really watch someone who keep trying to see who is for them? That means you're a person who just don't want to wait. Am I not worth waiting for? You understand? If God can talk to one person, God can talk to all people. Hallelujah. God said to me, Quenisha, many people think it's so surprising just to hear my voice. And if they, people talk about my voice, some people will have people to feel like they're going to hear me through them. Because they want to feel so powerful and important that people only come to them just to hear from me. And not sending them to me directly so they can also hear from me themselves. Because I love them also to speak to them. I have so much to say. He said, every positive decision you have ever made, who did that voice come from? Me. So how can you not know that I'm talking to you? Every good thing come from above. It don't come from you. Save God. So if you're doing good things and thinking good ways and doing good deeds unto people, because you're hearing me, ask you to. You're hearing me to have you to. So if you can hear that, then you can hear me. Many want people to think that they're just so special alone. No, we all are. We all are. So during this time of this shift taking place, some are going to have to sit down for others to stand up for things to flow prosperously. We got to choose Christ's blood and any other type of blood or friendship or any type of anything. Colleague, it don't even matter. Stand with the elders. Make those phone calls. Get them back. Those co-workers you had all that time that... They walked away and they weren't supposed to bring them back. Organizations and people there, bring them back. Sometimes you just got to take responsibility. Hallelujah. We got to get rid of that problem. Get rid of those blockages. 
order for things to flow smoothly. We can't sweep them under the rug and ignore the problems. Greater is he who's in us than he who's in the world. I love you.